Welcome to GodPod. This is a podcast from St. Paul's Theological Centre, based in St. Melitus College, which is a community of people studying and teaching Christian theology here in the UK and around the world. Graham Tomlin, Mike Lloyd, and the occasional guest join me, Jane Williams, in discussing God, life, theology, in fact, just about anything. Well, hello everyone, and uh, welcome back to another episode of GodPod. And today it is um, hosted by myself, Graham Tomlin, and uh, also Jane Williams. Hello, Jane. Nice to see you. Nice to be back. Good. You're in Cardiff today. Yes, in sunny Cardiff for once. Sunny Cardiff, and I'm in sunny Oxford, as it happens. But oh. uh, thanks to the wonders of Zoom, we can be together today. And um, we also have a, a, a special guest today, and we are absolutely delighted to have um, uh, our guest today. He was someone you would have seen on TV recently. Uh, you may not know it, but you will have done, because uh, our special guest is none other than uh, um, the Reverend Tosin Oladipo. And uh, Tosin, it's great to have you with us. Um, we've known Tosin for a number of years now. And Tosin, um, the reason why you'll have seen him on TV is because he is the uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury's chaplain. Chaplain is the Archbishop of Canterbury. It's the right title, is that right, Tosin? Yes, yes. Exactly. So, so whenever you see, um, so if you've watched the Queen's funeral, or you watch the coronation or any of the other big events where the Archbishop of Canterbury is there, so very close by, Hosin is always there. Um, like a sort of shadow coming behind the Archbishop. Sounds rather sinister. I think, I think <laughs> actually at the coronation, weren't you going in front of the Archbishop? Weren't you carrying the... Yes. The cross, uh, yes. Yes, I, 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 put, I say I, I'm there to carry crosses, bags... And uh, you know, occasionally carry the can, but not 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 very. Well. But but you know, just uh, yes, be there in, in support of the uh, of the archbishop. Um, so the not, only reason we'd really notice you is if you did something wrong, because you are leading that yes. the archbishop's procession, aren't you? And everybody has to follow you. And yeah, I was saying to somebody yesterday um, that they were asking about how you know I, I thought you know. You know, how, how do you, how do you, it wasn't quite measure success, it wasn't quite as formal as that, but I, I said, you know, you, you know you've done all right if there's nothing, if nobody hasn't noticed yeah, exactly. nothing has gone wrong, it's, it tends to, to, to go that way. But um, but yes, it's, it's, it's a real privilege to be uh, with you. Um, an esteemed company, uh, you're <laughs> uh, uh, my teachers and uh, professors at, uh, at St. Melissa's College, so I, I feel slightly intimidated. But uh, <laughs> also delighted to be with you. Well, I was we very impressed because there was a lot of comment at the time of the coronation. People comment on Penny Mordant's exactly, yeah. body strength and carrying that sword all the way through. But then I was thinking, well, no one noticed you, Tosin, because you were carrying that very heavy cross that goes everywhere with the Archbishop of Canterbury. And it's quite a big thing, isn't it? And you have to carry it through the service and out of it, out again at the end. Yeah, it's rather heavy, but uh, unlike uh, Benny Mordens, and uh, I, I get to put it down. It has a it has a stand, so I think I think credit where it's due. I I I, I could I could rest and have the chance to sit down rather than standing all the way through in that sort of position. I, I really don't know how she managed it. So, yeah. Yeah. Were you were you able to enjoy it? Sorry, Graham, I keep interrupting you. 
So were you no, able no. to enjoy it, Tosin? Because or, or were you obviously the responsibility is quite considerable. Were mm. you able to enjoy being at the heart of such an extraordinary once in a lifetime occasion, the music and the pomp and everything? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I, I think you, know, um, you enjoy it more afterwards. Yes. It, 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 it was um, you know, quite remarkable to be there. I mean, very strange. And I don't think I've quite processed that. Occasionally, I, I, I you know, uh, my wife um, will show me, Angela, she'll show me a, a photograph of, of, you know, that sort of scene, um, you know, something at the coronation, and it just doesn't feel like it's me in the picture, if that makes sense. But yes, um, it, it, it was quite spectacular. And of course, it, you know, lots of um, preparation goes into it. So, um, but... You, know, you would have seen seen and recognized it's it's a it's a service unlike any other and i think at other times when um i'm supporting the archbishop you 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 have a sense of what will happen next and you know there's sort of a bit of liturgical memory or liturgical muscle memory if you like uh, but with this service it, you know that just didn't apply so i think a bit more vigilance than <laughs> Yes, that's right, isn't it? Because even even with a funeral, you you know, we've all been to funerals. We kind of know what funerals are like, and so on. But none of us have ever really seen a, a coronation unless we're sort of in our eighties or nineties, and no one alive was really involved in the last last one. So, um, so it was quite a sort of new new event. I mean, and thinking thinking back on obviously those two major events in the last year, the Queen's funeral, mm. coronation. I mean, just thinking back to the Queen's funeral in particular, because that was a you know, uh, again, something which we had little time to prepare for. It was yeah. in the game, suddenly and died, and, and we had to prepare. Mm. For, what, what are your, uh, you know, your memories of that event? Because again, you were right at the heart of that and um, involved in it. Are there particular memories that stand out if your involvement in that that week or and that particular service? Yes, uh, I think um, if if I was not comparing the two, but thinking about it, because. The Queen's um, death was, was was sudden or unexpected in a way. You know, it, it, um, there wasn't much time to, um, to 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 sort of get nervous about the things that we were going to do. We suddenly found ourselves, um, you know, attending these services. You know, making you know, make you know, being part of that state occasion. But I think my reflection in the midst of all of it was. That right at the heart of it, like any other funeral, there is a family grieving. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even though it's surrounded by pomp and ceremony and, you know, sort of these constitutional and state uh, matters that need to be taken care of at that moment to see a family grieving. And in some ways, it you know, actually made, made it more, um, more pointed, the fact that in the midst of all that grief, um, this family had to carry out these sort of quite high profile, very visible um, um, activities. So, so that was quite moving. So, you know, the moments where you sort of catch a glimpse of a family in grief, um, it, it took me back to you know the, the very first funeral I, 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 I took as a as a curate, and and you realise that there is you know vast difference in some ways, and yet there there are these similarities that come down to you know just the you know our, our experience of of loss and grief as mm. all people feel it yeah mm. and i guess you you 
maybe being close up to events like that, you do see the human character of it, that even though, as you say, it's surrounded by all kinds of pageantry and pomp and ceremony and, and so on, you know, there are moments where you see the human side of it. And I, I thought within the coronation, that moment when the the king is sort of all his robes are taken off and he's down to his basically his nightshirt. And mm -hmm. um, before he is reclothed again, there was a sense of sort of simplicity that he is a... Mm -hmm. A sort of simple poor sinner like the rest of us um you know as you say in other ways very different but um yeah. but me as a moment i don't know whether it did for you at, at, the, at the time of the service and but again were there parts of the coronation service that kind of struck home to you as you watched it close up hmm. well it's fascinating that you know the way that uh even today you know the the, the crowning of the monarch happens in a Christian service, and mm -hmm. and I think um, just the explicitly Christian character of the service was I found very moving. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, the the symbolism, the prayers, and the words that accompany, um, you know, things like the giving of regalia or the crowning. Um, they're all, you know, it, it all happens within a service of worship. And, and, and I think that's remarkable. So I think, I think that overall sense of, um, you know, even this, you know, um, this is an ancient thing, um, you know, I think it's fair to say our understanding or relationship with the monarchy has, has changed and has evolved, you know, a constitutional monarchy. Uh, but even so, there is this, um, there are these prayers, there's the presence of, um, um, of, of the king and the queen in, in the church, but also that moment of anointing, which is, you know, uh, you know, calling on the Holy Spirit, mm. uh, particularly, particularly pointing that as we, as we move towards Pentecost, you know, it's, there's this, uh, the singing of the Veni Creator, which you hear at ordination services. There's something really remarkable about that. Uh, in the service. So yeah, I think overall there was this sense of um, um, a prayerful, uh, it's not the start that, you know, the, the, um, his majesty is already the king, uh, but, but th this moment where um, the crowning and the enthronement take place, uh, mm. it, it is really remarkable that it's still in a church service. Yep. And obviously, from the moment you um, uh, followed God's call to be a priest in, in the Church of England, you've known about the establishment of the Church of England, mm. but you must have had to think about it in a very different kind of way as a result of this particular role in these encounters. Would you always have wanted to defend it? Do you want to defend it now? Um, <laughs> what, what do you want to say? What can you? What, what, do, what are your feelings about it? Yeah, I, I guess... Um... It, it's a great question. I, th I, I, I um, yes. Do I want to defend it? I do. I, do I? Am I in support of it? Yes, I am. And I think that's a you know that's something you have to perhaps reconcile yourself with. You know, the first time you are asked to make an oath, or you yes. know, uh, um, you know, in your bishop's reports in, from in college, your reports <laughs> and, 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 and so on and so forth. So that there is a there is a process of of thinking. It's not. I, I wouldn't say I was ever against it. But but um, actually, you know, um, being part of an established church and then being in this particular role brings it into sharp focus, mm. and so and so um, it does 
mean um, reflecting on um, the monarchy, the, the relationship between sort of church and state. Um, I work for Archbishop Justin, who is regularly in the House of Lords. Uh, you know, there, there, there are these uh, these very close bonds that um, I know not, not everybody is for, not everybody, uh, you know, agrees with, and I, I, I can understand the reasons. Um, there is a, a sort of, I, I, our constitution, and I'm, I'm not an expert in this, but there's, it's so interwoven, church, state, the role, you know, as we saw at the coronation. Mm. Um, you know, I sometimes wonder, for those who want to pull at one thread, you know, you, you, you sort of pull at one and you are pulling at, at the whole, you know, at the whole establishment, if you like. So um, that's not to say things um, shouldn't develop and adapt over time, but I, I think there is, it's, it's important to, to recognise the foundations and the value that uh, these relationships and these interrelationships, if you like, bring. Mm. So, well, have you seen moments? I mean, in the in the in the role you've had. I mean, not just at things like coronations and royal funerals, but in supporting the archbishop in that very public role that he he has, which, as you say, is intertwined with the state. Have you seen moments where that kind of relationship between church and state is jarred in some way, where it's been quite a difficult kind of um, thing to navigate, and where it um, there's sort of tension in that relationship? Obviously, the coronation is one where there's a sense of harmony, and it, it can all flows together, and the church and the state are very much going to be in that speaking at one in one sense even though there's a difference between them but are there, have you sort of seen moments where it's felt a bit sort of awkward and difficult <laughs> well it, it, it can often depend on um who you ask in the issue at hand I, I, I'm quite publicly last week archbishop justin was speaking in the house of lords um against the immigration bill it, and and of course you know if you spend any time on twitter it was clear that those in support thought uh, that you know the archbishop should have nothing to do with politics. It's an antiquated system, and and um, on the other hand, um, those who took the, took the same perspective as Archbishop Justin thought this is why we you know quite, quite often you'd get people saying oh well this is exactly why the Archbishop of Canterbury is is there. So it, it can it can shift um, you know depending on uh, on who you speak to where you where you sit. Or where you stand depends on where you sit, or, or the other way around. I can't remember, but but there, there is that sense in which, um, um, yes, uh, people recognise the significance. I, I I think having having been here um, nearly two years now, um, I see I see that people recognise even if they disagree with the Archbishop uh, of Canterbury, they they, they seem to recognise that what he says carries some some weight in the political sphere so whether they agree or not um you know there, there is that sense that there's a, a role um mm. and a, a public role if you like at the artificial yeah yeah and so yeah and going on from that i mean i suppose um the job you're doing at the moment is archbishop's chaplain um gets you into some extraordinary situations. So it's very different from the role you were playing before, wasn't it? Because you were uh, maybe you left St. Melitus a number of years ago and went to be a curate. Um yeah. to describe the church that you were in before you came to um to 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 um, to be the chaplain to the archbishop. Yeah, I was uh fortunate enough to work at uh, a church called Saint 
uh, which is uh, not, not um, sometimes there's some, some explaining. But the, but um, I was ordained to uh, uh, the parish of Hackney, St John at Hackney, and um, which is an incredible church, um, incredible church building. It's it's huge. It's uh, um, and has recently gone through um, a renovation, a bit of reordering. Um, and if you ever get the chance to go and see it, it is really, really spectacular. Um, Saint is, I, I guess it's known um, for, as, as quite a, 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 you know, perhaps what you'd call a trendy church. You know, there's uh, lots of young people. Hackney is quite a, you know, um, in, in some ways quite gentrified, but full of creatives and uh, lots of uh, entrepreneurial people. And that's reflected in the congregation. And, church has uh, got its own brewery, isn't it? <laughs> the church has got it, yes, it has its own brewery. It's a, which, which it's a separate entity, but it's 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 uh, yeah. called the Hackney, in Hackney. Hackney Church Brewery. So yes, it's it's known as as that church, if you like. Um, what I um, really appreciated about the church was um, Saint John Hackney is an old Anglo-Catholic parish, and and um, my incumbent, my training incumbent, Al. Um, who's who's still rector there um, was very careful to ensure that um, you know with the new things that he, that he was bringing in that that wasn't swept away and actually um, celebrating um, if you like those expressions of worship and making sure that those were not toned down or dumbed down or marginalised so. Um, so I really learned. I'm very grateful, especially now. Um, you know, you know, to to um, participate in 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 much more sort of liturgical services in in, in you know all services. I'm conscious I'm speaking to to uh, to my my teachers here. But I know that all services have <laughs> liturgy of some sort, but I but I think you know what I mean. And and um, learning with things like you know. How to handle a, th a thurible and how to, you know, just just uh, things that that you don't really know when they they come in handy, but have been, you know, <laughs> we'd love to see that in action too. So we really... <laughs> it wasn't really the first time, I think. Uh, <laughs> At least you didn't set fire to anything. I hope. <laughs> no, no, not quite. That is, that is to avoid that. But, but and, yeah, and so, hmm. so, so, um. Can you see connections between these two? It's it's all part of the Church of England. What might they have in common? Do you think? Hmm. Well, I think part of the um, um, the privilege of the, of the role that I do is is getting to visit um, with the Archbishop you know, lots of different churches who, who um, are bought, you know. Church of England or Anglican churches, actually the wider Anglican community yeah. is, a, is another fascinating um, aspect of this role. Uh, and, and seeing, you know, what can what connects us and um, but also the, the differences and and you know the the space and the freedom, if you like, for people to take this uh, sort of, if you want to call it. <laughs> Anglicanism, this thing, and 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 and, and to worship um, within within um, if you want a style or a spirituality or tradition that that um, that that speaks to them. 
I, the other thing I find fascinating is that, um, you know, I, I discovered this first in, in Hackney, is that um, lots of people go and attend a church because they like something about it. But when they um, see um, other, you know, if, if within that church there are other ways in which people are worshipping. So we had people come in to what would be quite, uh, you would describe as a charismatic service and um, quite new to church and said, you know, actually what I'm fascinated about and what interests me and what I'm drawn to is the more traditional worship mm -hmm. that happens earlier in the morning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to look at the, the person or the people who were saying this, you, you would have thought that's the last thing they want. But actually there, there, are, there are all these uh, possibilities in worship. There's this richness in Anglicanism that, mm -hmm. uh, that I really value and appreciate. And so, yeah, it's a it's a real privilege to see that in all its diversity, all its challenge, of course, but but also. Um, I mean, I suppose. Um, I mean, Hackney, that St John at Hackney is is well known for being a a, a church that serves the community. I know you had a, um, a, a, a a bin where people could anonymously drop their knives and things, um, as part of the fight against knife crime. And mm. I suppose that aspect of serving your locality is written big in your role as chaplain to the archbishop it's a, a serving the, the nation you that that is that a connection that that makes sense to you that role of service to and wider than just the people who go to church yeah absolutely um uh, i sometimes joke that um you know um, some of the services, the, the practice for some of the services that I uh, I support the Archbishop in are sort of your uh, remembrance day, your, your the civic services you do in parish. But there is there is a real connection in in that sense. There are moments where you are, you know, in 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 services uh, you are, um, you, you know, you're gathering the, the community that not just your regular congregants, but the wider mm. the the wider parish or or people in the area. Um, also, you know, I, I worked in outreach at uh, what we called outreach when I was in parish, and that was, you know, about food banks and um, meals for people, you know, who were living on the streets. Mm. And, and, and um, you can see that sort of on, 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 a, on a macro scale, if you like, with some of the work of the Archbishop. So the commissions that have been uh, reporting on families, on social care, um, you know, the, the, you know, this is of course much bigger than just people who attend the church, but it, it affects us all, and I think it speaks, uh, hopefully, speaks for, for for all of us. Well, I guess there, I mean, there may be. I don't know whether there are liturgical moments that seem quite common. I mean, in one sense, it's quite different isn't it I mean the experience of you know a kind of charismatic church service at St Church will be very different from a like in a service at Westminster Abbey or whatever I, I often find, used to find you know when I was acting as a bishop in different contexts you know you'd be at a very different church in the morning and the evening but at the heart you'd still have the Lord's Prayer for example or you yeah. still have you know you're doing a confirmation and the words at the heart of it um, you know, confirm, O oh Lord, your servant with your Holy Spirit are exactly the same, whether it's surrounded by guitars and, mm. and you know, worship bands or, or sort of robed choir and um, and hymns, whatever it is. There's a there is a kind of liturgical core mm. of words that are used that remain the same, um, which kind of remind you that we are actually dealing with the same God here. 
and yes. even though their expression of worship is very different. Um, do, do you find that sense of commonality or do you find it quite difficult to sort of shift between one, one to the other? Yes, there is that sense of commonality. I, I think that, that, that really, you know, very, you know, it's more apparent in, you know, um, a service, a communion service, you know, sort of when you come to the Eucharist, that's yep. the language, even in, in a charismatic church, you, would, you know, uh, you, 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 you get a service that you recognise, and I think, you know, that most Anglicans would, would recognise walking in. And, and so those are, um, those are really key moments. I, I I joked about it earlier, but there is a shape to to the you know to to worship that is also familiar. Uh, I, I think some people um, you know often you know aren't aware of it. You know if you if, if it's not written, printed out on a page, but quite often there is a, there is a shape, and um, you know uh, clergy vicars you know, we, we we all train somewhere, and and we're we're sort of. Uh, and uh, sort, of, sort of taught these things, or you know, we develop in these things through through ministry. But you can see the commonality there, and so so there, there are things that are subtle as well as you know the more obvious things of the Lord's Prayer or particular forms of words that we use. Um, yeah, and I, I think there's a, there's a, there's a beauty in it. I I often come across. Quite, you know, people who are would describe themselves as being quite on the charismatic end, and they seem to have a lot in common with people who would be on a sort of contemplative. You know, there's, there are these commonalities in in um, in what might seem very different traditions, and 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 um, yeah. So I, I'm grateful to yep. have the opportunity to see that. Yeah. And Tosin, as a as a um, I guess as a, as a young Black priest within the Church of England. Um, we're very kind to say young, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, young look at Graham and me, and you'll see why we. Say. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that you know the church hasn't always had a great record when it comes to racial justice. It's something that we, as a church, have sought to remedy and to kind of into uh, to to um to put all resources into that. Recently, there's been the kind of move towards reparations of money put aside to um to address the kind of historical legacy of slavery within in the church and the kind of ways in which we benefited as that um well, what's what's your kind of impression of the church and the trajectories are you hopeful for the future in terms of the the um the presence and contribution and valuing of um of global majority heritage christians within the church of england or are you still quite disturbed by some of the things you see and do you feel there's still quite a long way to go for the church what are you, what are your, what's your impressions of that? Yeah, thanks for, for, for the question. Um, I, I think I think a bit of both, uh, if I, if I may be so Anglican. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I, you know, I, I, I would say I, I wouldn't be here if you like, or I wouldn't want to be part of the church if I didn't feel that there was hope and there was, um, you know. Um, the possibility of change and in fact that's borne out in history <laughs> you know that the, the story of the anglican church the story of the, of the church has been of of uh learning development and change and particularly around the around questions of racial justice from you know sort of slavery uh to abolition colonialism and so on so uh the understanding if you like within the church has changed and i and so that you know there is a trajectory there 
um, that means that I feel I can be hopeful. Um, but you know, more sort of more practically, um, there's there's a lot to do, and um, there are um, sort of um, sort of structures and, and biases that that that, that um, that, that makes that means sometimes things move more slowly than you hope they will um and and so there's a reality um to that that um it, it doesn't happen very quickly often but but um in the last few years i think i've seen many things that have made me feel hopeful um in in hackney and in um, in east london um we did a lot of work while I was there as a church to, to, to sort of address that. And of course, this is a, an area where there's a high uh, sort of population of um, global majority, West Indian, first, second, third generation, um, um, people of colour, part of the church. And so, you know, but there was, there's a lot of work done, but there was work that needed to be done. But I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to say that that... Um, uh, certainly by the time I left, was starting to bear some very good fruit. I think it's more complex in areas where there isn't necessarily a lot of diversity. There are huge questions about how we deal with legacy mm. questions, monuments, um, you know, uh, people who have given to the church, money that has come into the church. And I think that's um, some of what the church commissioners are trying to address. So it's, it's not simple. Um, what makes me hopeful also, it has been... Um, well, those sort of are the conversations I've had with other, other people of colour in the church or clergy, and their attitude. Uh, there's a, and there's no single, you know, single view. I don't want to present this as sort of a monolithic view. But a lot, a lot of the people I talk to, um, what they really hope for is dialogue, um, uh, and and whether that's as a starting point or. As, as a process through which the church can learn. And so I, I think that the anxiety is sometimes that, you know, um, people of color simply want reparations, money, damages, and <laughs> apologies. That's that's not really borne out in hmm. fact, I find. I find people want to, they do want acknowledgement, but they want to have a conversation, an enlightened, sort of a sensible conversation, understanding that, you know, things were seen in a different way in the past. And we need to make sure that that has um, a different, um, you know, sort of impact on the future. Yeah. I know at Saint that um, the leadership there was was really intentional mm. about um, uh, uh, enabling the gifts of, of, of such a, a varied congregation to be seen and heard. Um, and it seems to me that's one of the things that we haven't been brilliant at. We 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 tend in all institutions to replicate ourselves, don't we? Mm. So I think we do need that sense of real intentionality um, to yeah. to look for what the Holy Spirit is doing, and it, even if it's doesn't look like like me. You know? um, yeah. and, no, um, that's right. And I guess I also, I guess what I'm taking from what you're saying, Jason, in terms of listeners to this who are concern for the issues of racial justice within the church and beyond that actually conversation is a big step forward um yeah. there may not be a huge amount you can do but you can talk you can sort of um, ask people's experience and get a sense of, of what the reality is 
Mm. Uh, people of color within the church and different places as well and so those kind of conversations are really valuable um this is a starting point to, to taking things forward yeah i think that's entirely right and and uh so to jay's point it does take a bit of intention and uh i, I think um you know the encouragement that um um sort of the best encouragement that i heard is just to be willing to allow for the possibility of a conversation even if it means a bit of discomfort mm. um it, it's often uncomfortable for people on both sides but so, so it does take a bit of intent it does take a bit of going okay I'm, I'm going to do this or i'm going to pick up this book and it might challenge me but i will read it because i know um i'll, I'll learn something and i may just want to ask somebody what they are feeling and some of what i hear may not be easy to hear but uh, you know, through that process, and I mean, this is this um, is part of you, you know, as you said at Hackney, it was very intentional, um, sort of um, showing people's gifts. Um, but actually, the next step that needed to be taken was to hear people's experiences, yeah. <laughs> and so that 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 was a further process that needed to be uh, undergone. And and I think that's an ongoing process. Uh, yeah. You know, so yeah, but it's it, it's it's positive. Um, um, it's varied across the church, and I know there's a lot of work being done. You know, sort of racial justice commission is 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 doing some work on that. Um, but I, I am hopeful. That's good to hear that, all, all, as well as all the challenges you you, you refer to as well. And um, I mean, Tosin, as we just draw this to a close in a few minutes, I mean, I, guess I wanted to ask one more question because, um, again, going back to this thing of the you know the the breadth of your experience in the church um, across different traditions and styles of service and so on. And I guess what one one thing that um, you know we we trust is still the same in whatever expression of Christian worship is the presence of the Holy Spirit mm. um, and the kind of recognition and then that sort of expectation and of the the presence of the Spirit. Those moments when we kind of encounter God in a very mm. direct kind of way and uh, and um, and I guess my, my my question is, you know, that's maybe quite explicit in a place like saint where there is a sort of um charismatic spirituality which is explicit about the expectation of the presence of the spirit um i guess it's strongly with the coronation there's something similar there that's kind of calling down of the spirit upon the king and the moment of of uh, anointing and um and you know as someone who's sort of inhabited both of these styles of of worship you know within your own particular background and experience as well uh, have you have you had those moments of kind of encounter with the spirit um mm. in unlikely places i guess in the in the role that you played as as the um chaplain to the archbishop you know what would have been those moments where you've sort of sensed the presence of the spirit even in in um the most unlikely places yes um well i think you know god always surprises <laughs> and so um maybe that maybe it's it's foolish to be surprised, but but we we we, we can be surprised, can't we? Um, I um, I guess what I've um, encountered, or what the, perhaps where I've learned or seen um, the work of the Spirit is is in the more, if you like, the more routine, the more uh, uh, I don't want to call it mundane. It's not mundane. It's but it's you know at Lambeth Palace we have. Um, uh, chapels two chapels and, and there's a pattern of prayer three times a day 
um, you know, morning prayer, evening prayer, and the Eucharist. And, um, you know, sometimes well attended, sometimes, you know, two or three people um, in quite a, you know, quite a, I suppose, old, large chapel. Um, and it's, um, I think it's it's in that, in that rhythm and in that, uh, you know, there's something about these places, of course, being places where people have prayed for, for years and years and years, centuries in some cases, but also just the practice of joining with others or going when you might not, you know, be feeling you've just had a difficult meeting and you, if you go and sit in the chapel and you, you have this sense of the presence of God. Um, encountering God in the Eucharist, of course, I think that's 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 always such a beautiful, uh, you, you know, uh, you I guess you're conscious that you know God is present, but but when you have that sense of encounter, uh, it is also very special. So, yeah, you know everything from you know the large sort of services and the moments where it's it's um, you know you have the Veni Creator or a big charismatic moment, if you like, mm -hmm. uh, to 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 the day to day. And I think it's very special when it's just in the day to day. Great, thank you so much. Tosin, it's been um, fascinating to talk about all these different issues. You have a very um, unique role in the church, and um, we're grateful to you for the way in which you've done that over the last couple of years, and um, hope it goes really well going on from here as well. well thank you very much for having me. It's, uh, yeah, no and thank you for not asking too many um, tricky theological questions. <laughs> I would only have, have you that's, to... That's for the next time you come, Tosin. <laughs> keep working on that upper body strength for carrying that cross around the place, Tosin. <laughs> Yes, very good. Well, look, uh, um, so it's uh, it's been great to talk to um, to Tosin Oladipo as the um, chaplain to the Archbishop of Canterbury, and um, so it's been great to be with you and those of you who've been listening to Godpod today. So it's um, goodbye from Jane, goodbye, and from me, Graham Tolman, as well. And we'll see you again next time. Theological Centre. If you want to send us a question, just email it to godpod at htb.org. We can't promise to answer all the questions you send in, but we'll certainly try.